What's going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA Podcast. I am your host, Josh Prep Igina, back again for another fire episode of YBE MMA. Thank you so much for joining us. If it's your first time, uh, if it's your hundredth time, I am forever grateful for my listeners. Thank you so much. Uh rate review and subscribe on your preferred platform that you listen to this on that's how we get more listeners but let's get into the news it has been an eventful week to say the least in mma starting this past saturday which we will get to the lewis versus blades card but let's start off in the news outside of the ufc with the PFL, obviously they're gearing up for this next season after taking a year off due to the pandemic. Um, and the train keeps rolling. They're signing talent constantly. So the latest signing, Glayson Tebow, uh, a UFC vet, a person who probably doesn't get the respect he deserves for the things that he was able to do in the octagon. Obviously, his most famous fight, the fight with Khabib, where he was the per- the first person to really look like he gave Khabib issues. But um, beating the likes of Jeremy Stevens, uh, Kurt Pellegrino, Cal Uno, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Francisco Trinaldo, Jamie Varner, just... You know, a lot of veterans on this list. Pat Healy, uh, he was in the UFC since 2006. Uh, Obviously, leaving the promotion after going on a four-fight skid, starting with that Tony Ferguson fight in 2015. Um, He's shown up a few times, uh, most famously during the Golden Boy promotions, Liddell versus Ortiz 3 back in 2018. Uh, We haven't seen him since July of 2019 where he submitted Will Brooks in Battlefield FC. But um, he's still, he's not old. I mean, he's he's clearly past his prime at 37. But I think that he could do, you know, a few things for that lightweight division in the PFL. I'm looking forward to seeing him once again. Continuing on with the PFL, we had card announced for their opening in April, and the headliner will be Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Clay Collard. Clay being someone who had a short stint in the UFC going one and three. Um, It seems like he's been really pursuing boxing over MMA in recent years um, but according to him he just wanted to box just to improve on his striking skills for MMA Um, but he he has done pretty well in boxing nine wins three losses uh, four four of his wins by knockout um, most recently fighting in December of 2020 so that's the main event um I'm looking forward to seeing Showtime in a different promotion. Obviously, you know, he's 
he spent so much time in the UFC. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do outside of it. Uh, I think he still has that appeal. Uh, he still has that swagger. Um, a bit older, but not like he's not that old. So I do expect him to still be extremely favored, let's say, in this tournament. Um, moving on to a different promotion, let's talk about one championship. Someone where we haven't talked to somebody who we really haven't talked about too much in a while. But um, obviously we know that Demetrius Johnson is set to return, I believe, in April. So another thing that they announced is an eight-woman Grand Prix to determine the challenger for Angela Lee's Adam Waite title. Uh, just the two notable names, obviously Stamp Fairtex, we know very well. A lot of fun to watch. Maybe one of the most elaborate entrances in MMA. Uh, very New Japan-esque, if you've ever seen it. If you're a wrestling fan and you've watched New Japan, go watch a Stamp Fairtex entrance into the arena and try not to stand up and dance good luck <laughs> and then also we have Siu Hiham who was the Ryzen Adam Weight champ as well as another promotions Adam Weight champ of like two years ago um, obviously very skilled uh, you just don't become champion because you're <laughs> You're some, you know, random chump. No, this girl's got skills. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two women compete for a chance at Angela Lee. We know who had to step away from mixed martial arts for a bit um, because she's bearing child. So I'm looking forward to the challenger being determined as well as her coming back because we know about mom power. Uh, we've seen what it has done to the likes of excuse me we've seen what it has done to the likes of Juliana Pena um, most recently as well as Mackenzie Dern so uh, it should be a great motivation for her sticking with the women for the moment uh, Holly Holm is set to make her broadcast team debut during an all women's boxing pay-per-view headlined by Clarissa Shields. Now, Holly Holm is no stranger to boxing. Just in a quick Google search, 16 title defenses won at three different weight classes. WBF World Light Welterweight Champion, WBF World Welterweight Champion, 2012 Fighter of the Year. She had the Fight of the Year that same year. Uh, WBAN World Welterweight Champion, World Junior Welterweight Champion, and World Junior Middleweight Champion. Uh, 2012 Biggest Comeback of the Year, 2011 Fight of the Year, 2010 Fighter of the Year. Just to say a few things. She is a beast um, at boxing. It's a world that she knew very well before entering MMA. Um, someone who I always championed, I love to say it, uh, and after two fights in the UFC, two victories, two very, you know, it was not the most exciting way that Holly Holm entered the UFC, winning a split decision against Raquel Pennington, 
and defeating Marion Renault by unanimous decision to then go in the second round and head kick Ronda Rousey dead um, for the title. It's crazy. Holly Holm is just one of those success stories in transitioning to mixed martial arts. And she's on a run right now. She defeated Raquel Pennington by unanimous decision as well as Irene Aldana. We saw a new part of her game against Aldana in her grappling just going way up. And she has a killer fight um, coming up against Juliana Pena. So I really hope that she's able to, you know, focus on that. But I am looking forward to hearing her commentary. So I will be looking to see what she was able to do during this all-woman's boxing pay-per-view event. I hope it does great, man. Carissa Shields is a beast. Obviously, her and Holly Holm are training together. Um, and I am. I just hope that Clarissa Shields, if you're going to do MMA, go all-in and crush it. Um, obviously, you have a fight booked in boxing. You have titles to defend. But if you're going to go and fight in the PFL, not this season, but, you know, if you plan on making your debut this year, I hope that you put every ounce of effort into that debut to really show the world that you are this world-class athlete. Let's talk about the UFC real quick. Um, a story that we've been following for almost a year now, I believe, is the story of Edson Barbosa. Uh, we heard... Rumors that he was asking for his release um, not too long ago before a fight. I believe he fought twice after that. And uh, with one fight left on his contract, he has re-signed with the UFC. So in my humble, humblest of opinions, I believe that the iron wasn't hot enough to strike yet for him trying to... Uh, leave the promotion, um, especially, <laughs> you know, you've won two out of your last seven, dude, come on, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not coming at this guy, he is, just look at the talent that he's faced, okay, in this two, four, six, yeah, seven, in this seven fight run. I could even go farther back. But uh <laughs> he has faced Khabib, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker who he beat. Uh Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder and then Dan Ige and then most recently I think the no offense the weakest of the people that he has faced, Makwan Amirkani. So this guy has not had an easy run. Obviously he's been in the UFC forever. Um We've seen what he's able to, what he's been able to do, you know, since 2010. And I hope that this change to featherweight, that he's able to really key in and kill the division. Because at lightweight, it was no easy task. You know, like I said, if you go all the way back to the start of his run um, in the top 10, you know, he fights Donald Cerrone. Then it's Evan Dunham, Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Paul Felder, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, and Benil Dariush. It's like 
all these names of all these killers. Think about a Benil Darius now. How great of a run he's on. Edson beat him. He beat him by flying knee. He beat Anthony Pettis. Uh, he, like I said, he beat Dan Hooker. Like this guy is an animal. So, for him to stay, uh, obviously, it's not by choice, but. Um, congratulations to him because there's nothing else for him to do. Nowhere else for him to go. He's already done great things, and I think that he can continue to do great things in the featherweight division. Let's get into some fight announcements. Starting off with Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spawn. We finally have the announcement of Gregor Gillespie versus Brad Riddell. This fight is bananas. The return of Gregor Gillespie, unfortunately for him, he he uh, faces off against the, what I like to call, <laughs> the bonus machine himself, Brad Riddell, who's never in a boring fight. Um, the fight we just spoke about earlier, Holly Holm versus Juliana Pena. We have Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell. Dan Ige against Gavin Tucker and then here goes the killers uh well before that let's the rebooking of Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Raverick Sean Strickland versus Chris Jocko which is a great fight and then we have Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade and then Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno too then we finish off Sage Northcutt versus Shinya Aoki. This kid can't catch a break, man. He's going against the legend. And then Andrea Lee versus Antonina Shevchenko. A lot of killer fights there named, especially Jessica Andrade versus Valentina Shevchenko. I cannot wait for that. Um, Jessica Andrade, obviously, coming off of that win of Caitlin Chikagan, um leapfrogging her in the rankings. And, you know, no easy task for Jessica Andrade. Valentina has looked just on another level. There is no one, I believe, who could beat her in that division. And uh, I love the idea of a new challenge for her in Jessica Andrade. She is on a two, four, six fight win streak at the moment. Only losses to Amanda Nunes <laughs> and Liz Carmouche way back, which she already avenged that win. Um, and that was a doctor stoppage loss. So Valentina against Jessica Andrade is a big test because Andrade has heavy hands. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I don't. I'm not quite sure how um, Valentina's chin is, and Jessica Andrade hits like a Mack truck. Um, but the issue is that she has about five minutes in her, uh, and that's being very generous. So we'll see what she's able to do against. Shevchenko, and then that fight, Sage Northcutt against Shinya Aoki. Man, they're really not giving these dudes any 
he's not getting a break at all after this is his first fight since the Cosmo Alexander knockout and uh, to come back and face someone who I believe can tie him into a pretzel is a tough go but I hope he does good man. Uh, as always our fight announcements coming from MMA underscore fight night live on Instagram thank you so much for making those graphics man they helped me a ton uh, you are a fantastic creator. Congratulations on 25,000 followers. I wish you 25 million more, brother. Let's talk about this past weekend's UFC Fight Night, Blades versus Lewis. Starting off in the pre- uh, first off, before I get to the prelim card and before I give you, let me just say, there was an issue this past weekend with weight misses. And it hit me hard because obviously it took Pat Sabatini off the card because his opponent couldn't even make lightweight weight. So obviously with the discrepancy, they scratched the card and Pat Sabatini was not able to make his debut. Um, But good on him. I know that he'll be ready when he gets the call. But besides his person missing weight, about four other athletes miss weight. So... It was a really tough go. It was a weird card. Uh, the Pena, the Luis Pena, Jakar close fight got called off, I believe, a few hours before the card, uh, because I think Jakar close is one of his cornermen tested positive, and then the whole thing with Chaz Scully making it to the cage, and then his Jamal Emmers, his opponent got back spasms right before having to go out it's a real unfortunate situation man for him especially when you're about to make it to the cage (laughs) and then your back just seizes up on you man I I wish him the best and I hope Chad Scully did get his show money because he showed (laughs) but besides all that it was a very fun card so let's talk about the fights starting off the night with five TKOs or KOs. We had Sergey Spivak defeating Jared Verandra by TKO in the second round. We have Aman Zahabi defeating Draco Rodriguez in the first round by TKO. Then we had the debuting Casey O'Neill. Man, that girl is a beast. I think she is going to be someone to watch finishing Shauna Dobson in the second round. Uh, she's 6-0 and right now. And I think that she is a welcome, welcome addition to that women's flyweight division. Julian Arosa makes quick work of Nate Landwehr in the first round. Um, the stoppage, I'm not going to argue. Uh... You know, if you want to wait, then you're just kind of delaying the inevitable. Uh, Then we had Eddie Wanlin getting finished by John Castaneda. No surprise there. And Jared Gordon getting the lone decision win over Danny Chavez on this prelim card. Moving on to the main card, it started off with Tom Aspinall uh, getting one of the smoothest transitions from... You know, 
beating Andre Arlovsky's ass to tapping him out pretty <laughs> relatively quickly in that second round. We had Phil Hawes getting the majority decision over Nas- Nasruddin Imovov. Uh, Phil Hawes finally showing some, you know, for, for lack of a better term, finally showing some heart in there, uh, not getting finished. Good to see that. Uh, we had the big boy from Philly, uh, Chris Dawkins, finishing off Alexi Olenek. This was fantastic. Chris just looked so good in there. Um, he's got heavy hands. He was able to, you know, kind of not a, Alexi Olenek is really known for his submission game. Uh, he is a beast. Uh, but Chris Dawkins was able to thwart that with hard shots. Uh, he kept going for, for a knee, which I, I was laughing about, but he, he finished him while he standing up. Um, at first glance, it's like, oh, look at that stoppage. And then Alexi Olenek just, like, kind of falls, takes a few steps to the side, wobbled, clearly out of it. Uh, congratulations to Chris Dawkins, someone who I cannot wait to see more of in this heavyweight division. Uh, then we have we had Derek Miner just completely, completely dominating Charles Rosa. Now, Charles Rosa did not give up. I think he put up a good fight. But uh, Derek Minner was just suffocating. That's a good word. Derek Minner was suffocating Charles Rosa. Uh, then we had Yana Kuniskaya against Caitlin Vieira. Uh, Kuniskaya getting the victory. Um, this is the perfect, the perfect idea of damage over control arguments. Uh, if you wanna wonder what's more important watch this fight and you tell me what you think what is more important versus what i believe most judges see as more important um yana clearly doing the more damage on caitlin Vieira, even though caitlin Vieira controlled most of the fight but yana from any position was able to hurt Vieira. So that's why I personally think she got the unanimous decision. And then in the main event, the Black Beast does what the Black Beast does, finishing Curtis Blades in that second round. Um, Masvidal-esque shots on the ground, a la Masvidal versus Ben Askren. If you don't know, go look that up. Um <laughs> It was an uppercut that finished Curtis Blades on a takedown attempt. Um, crazy, man. He just flatlines him, puts him out, and it was so, so good. Again, Derek Lewis just really doing what he does best, and that's knocking people out. Um, where does the heavyweight division stand now? Let's talk about this weekend's UFC fight night, Rosenstruck versus Surreal gain starting off with the prelims. We have Dustin Jacoby versus Maxime Grishin. We have Vince Cachero against Ronnie Lawrence. We have that fight's canceled. Uh, Alonzo Menafield unfortunately tested positive for COVID 19. So him versus William Knight is not happening. Uh, we have Alexis Davis versus Sabina Mazzo. Sabina Mazzo, obviously someone to watch at 135. 
we have Alex Oliveira against Ramazan Kamor Megadedov. I didn't say that right, but it's a long last name. He is 8 0. Um, at women's strawweight, the aforementioned Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. And then we have a barn burner at lightweight with Alexander Hernandez versus Tiago Moses. This is a tough fight for him. I'm looking forward to see if uh, Alexander Hernandez could weather the storm because Tiago Moses is, like I said earlier about Derek Minner, suffocating. Uh, at featherweight, we have Alex Caceres versus Kevin Kroom. This is now the main card. And what a main card it is with Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera, too. We have Montella De La Rosa versus Myra Bueno Silva. And then we have this killer fight in the light heavyweight division. Nikita Krylov against Magomed Ankalaev. As well as our main event at heavyweight. Surreal Gain against the knockout artist Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Surreal Gain 7-0. Rosenstruck 11-1. His only loss was that finish by... Francis Ngannou, maybe somewhat a little too much, a little too fast for Rosenstruck. I do see potential in him, but I think Surreal Gain is has it all. He has the look, the size, and the skills to be one of the best heavyweights in the division. And I think this night, his first main event, I think we're going to see that. Um, I think that this guy... You know, the moon, the world is his oyster. Let's say it like that. He is so good. If you see this guy, he is a specimen. I think he is 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six, um, two, 250. He probably he probably goes in the cage at about 250. Um, he's, he's 30 years old right now, which is crazy. And he trains with the likes of... Francis Ngannou, so obviously he's able to take a punch, um, and he's faced killers in his run so far in the UFC. You know, he's faced Rafael Pessoa, Dante Mays, Tanner Boser, and then, of course, the legend, Junior Dos Santos, and whatever you think of that finish, I'm telling you, they were... If they would have let that fight go on, they were just delaying the inevitable, as I said earlier. Um, he is a problem. 7-0 and in MMA, 7-0 and in kickboxing. He's been fighting for three years, and he's ranked number seven in the division right now. I think that with a win over Jarzinho Rosenstruck, this guy... I wanted to see him fight John Jones because they're like the same height, uh, body type. He has a little more muscle than Jones, but obviously we haven't seen what Jones is looking like right now. I can only imagine that Jones is probably 230 and ripped. But in all honesty, this should be a great fight. Uh, we'll see where where Rosenstruck is now um, as well. I think that after this weekend we can really talk about where the heavyweight division lies going into that Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou rematch. 
So we'll put that talk on the back burner till after this card. Um, but yeah, that's it. That has been this week's YBE MMA. I am Josh Prepigina. You can find me on all forms of social media, Elroy Prepson, one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA Podcast, as well as the show on Teespring at teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for the birthday wishes last week. But this week, if it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.